When you meet someone new and inevitably the question of what you do for a living comes up, uh, what do you answer? When people ask me what I do, normally I just say I make videos and I kind of hope that they don't <laughs> ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> but uh, if they do, my go-to answer is that my channel describes evolutionary biology and wildlife ecology through the lens of gaming. With over 2 million subscribers, Theorsu is one of YouTube's most iconic and unique combinations. But how did this came to be? I am Alex, and this is Genesis. I was born in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, so I actually did not grow up there. Um, I only lived there relatively briefly. I think I moved away when I was I'm too young to remember. We moved to Texas because my father had joined the military uh, and he was stationed in one of the forts there. But pretty soon after that, uh, we moved away. I think my mom hated it there. We left uh, Texas. We moved to Wisconsin. And that is where I ended up growing up. Well, I guess I've been here over 20 years now. It's interesting to me to imagine how were you as a kid in school? Were you <laughs> one of the, the nerdy kids? Were you one of the animal loving kids? I guess would be the stereotype. What sort of school kid were you? Yeah, I guess you, you could say that I was both of those things that you just mentioned. I was definitely that really dorky kid who would like spend a lot of his time looking for bugs to catch and things to collect. Because, yeah, I was always enamored with wildlife and loved getting up close to it, loved interacting with it and studying it. And to some extent, kind of emulating Steve Irwin and that I liked kind of being a showman about it, kind of flexing on everyone else like, oh, check this out. Like, I caught this. <laughs> Were the other kids freaked out? Uh, I mean, they definitely thought I was weird. <laughs> some of them thought it was cool. <laughs> there was plenty of times where I was like, okay, okay, Patrick, settle down. Like, stop bringing spiders into school. <laughs> it's not... Not appropriate. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> what did your teachers think of you? There were some of them that at least kind of encouraged me. They would at least like to go in and, and talk to me about the stuff that I was passionate about. I would say mostly, though, they kind of just ignored it. <laughs> they would just like, no, you can't bring this in. And that was the end of the discussion. And they didn't really say much else, which was fine. Did any of your early passion for biology bled into school interest? Did any of this cause you to have like a favorite subject in school or to look for any specific books? Oh man, that's a big question. And there's a lot of things I could say. As like a kid, I definitely spent a lot of time reading just books from the library uh, about wildlife. And particularly my, my two favorite subjects were prehistory, particularly dinosaurs, of course, but also other ancient beasts. So prehistory and entomology, insect science. Probably read all of the dinosaur books that were in my elementary school's library. <laughs> Beyond that, I felt like there really wasn't all that much schoolwork that was geared toward actually just learning about individual creatures and learning about like the fun facts that you hear about when you kind of are just getting into learning about wildlife. Like growing up, you you learn about like in your in your science classes, in your biology classes, you generally learn about, OK, what is life? What are the criteria that make up what we define life as? What's a cell? What are organelles? 
how does life work? What does life need? What are ecosystems? What are what's a food web? That kind of thing. There's no class that's like, okay, today we're gonna learn all about, I don't know, like buffalo, or we're gonna learn all about parrots or all about frogs. And here we're gonna talk about all these really cool things that they are and what they do. And yeah, overall I I can't say that much of my enthusiasm for the natural world came from uh, what my teachers taught me, if that makes sense. When did your relationship with gaming started? Like myself, when I try to think back, I can perfectly picture the first time I started playing a video game that I owned. Like it's so embedded into my mind that I can come back to it almost like a movie. So I'm wondering if there's like a, a genesis for your relationship with video games as well that you can still like think back to. The first video games that I ever played, I think right when my when I first moved to Wisconsin, my parents, they had a computer and they bought me two games. Uh, the first was a game called Carnivores, which was a hunting simulator, but you hunted dinosaurs. And the other game was a game called Bugdom, in which you played as a roly-poly bug and fought other insects to save the the bug kingdom from the evil ant lords. Gotta gotta say, it's kind of hilarious that your interest in biology sort of led into the the video games. It is. I mean, I know I, I said earlier that my two biggest things of interest were insects and dinosaurs, and of course, the the first two video games that I owned were centered around those two exact subjects. But after that, I mean, neither of those games are popular. Neither of them really have any relevancy to today or i mean you'd be hard pressed to find a gamer today who knew what either of those were i think i think i've I've even used music from bugdom in some of my videos and i could probably count on one hand how many people have like noticed <laughs> so my first obsession in terms of gaming well there, there were two i guess Yu-Gi-Oh and runescape and runescape really began i think i got into it around like fourth grade, which would have been a, around 2003, 2004. Oh yeah, the, the good years of RuneScape, yeah, the golden years. Exactly, right when it first like started exploding onto the scene. That's when I got into it. That was my first experience. First of all, interacting like online gaming, you know, interacting with strangers. My parents did not like that, <laughs> but uh, that was an interesting time. Did interacting with strangers online sort of change the way you thought about like video games or strangers in general? A few, a few different ways, yes. Number one is that it forced me to learn how to type because that's how you interact with anyone on RuneScape is you just talk to them just with the text that pops up over your head when you type something and hit enter. So that was a pretty quick, as a learning curve that I had to, to uh, get over fairly quickly. Um, but beyond that, I think in terms of interacting with strangers, I very quickly learned the valuable lesson of how to recognize a scam. Ooh. Because RuneScape was just riddled with people who had nothing better to do than steal a nine-year-old's RuneScape money. <laughs> uh, did you ever get scammed? Oh, several times. Several times. Me and my friend all got scammed. Oof. one guy scammed me out of my like plate armor and I still remember the whole thing like perfectly to this day. Like it, it left me with such a wound. 
it's it's such a vivid memory. And I honestly, I feel bad for people who didn't get scammed as kids in RuneScape. Like you said, it's it's just a such a big memory, such a important thing to learn. And you know, you never forget. And you start to to notice when things sound too good to be true. You're a little bit uh, more skeptical when someone suddenly transitions from being your friend to like asking the same question that they want something from you over and over. You start to think, huh? Were they are they being genuine? Do they do they just want something the whole time? Like these are these are lessons that RuneScape teaches kids. So, uh, how old were you when you started hearing about YouTube as a website, as a thing that existed? Oh man, I could go, I could check and see what my earliest video is. I kind of want to do that right now. I'm never going to show anyone the videos that I made as a kid. Uh, remember, I, I still remember my username. <laughs> Here, let's, let's look this up. Um, 11 years ago is when I posted my first video that's crazy 2009 when i first got into it at this point but that was the first video you uploaded so that that means that there there was an attempt to create something but you um did you jump directly for creation or did you just like consume a lot of it for a time there was definitely a good amount of time where all i did was consume so i'm sure i probably heard about youtube back when it first originated which was what 07, I think. Yeah, around there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching like the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny, which was, I think, initially on albinoblacksheep.com before YouTube became the only place to watch online videos. But I think I had watched things like that and things like um, Weird Al's music videos. I think those are my first memories of consuming online content, it was mostly comedy and parody. So so when did something click in your head and you went like, I got to blob something. I, I got to participate in this. Like what? What's the story that led to that first video that you're so embarrassed to share? <laughs> you know, as a, as a kid, uh, one other thing that I liked to do was draw and animate. And so what I would do is I would open up Microsoft PowerPoint and draw on a slide and then copy and paste the slide and draw on the next one uh, and move stuff around. And essentially like, you know how when you're a little kid, you have like a, a, a notepad a fl flip book and you draw on it. And when you flip through it, it, it animates essentially. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. PowerPoint. The, the, the poor man's flash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I would draw on there and, you know, do what any kid does, which is, you know, draw stick figures and have them kill each other, of course. What else would you do? And so those are my first YouTube videos. I didn't even make them with the intent of making YouTube videos. I mostly just made them because I they were fun just for myself. Like I didn't even intend to show them to anyone. But when YouTube came out, I was like, oh, okay, like I have these things that I made. I could put them on here. So I downloaded some really cheap screen recording software and literally just recorded myself pressing the forward key on the PowerPoint presentation <laughs> to go through the entire little slideshow. Did you at least add some music? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably completely silent. Showmanship was not a strong suit of uh, <laughs> nine-year-old me. 
I mean, I, I posted all of them probably within a month and of course got no views because who's going to watch <laughs> a silent slideshow poorly edited and poorly, poorly drawn, in fact, from a child. Like <laughs> it's not going to exactly blow up in popularity, I don't think. Even given the competition at the time, like sure, I was only competing with people like Fred, who all he was doing was literally just speeding up his dialogue. <laughs> but YouTube's promotion algorithm was nowhere near what it is now. You kind of needed word of mouth. And it's not like I was exactly spreading the word about my own creations because, I mean, I was pretty shy about it. So as you continued through high school, uh, does this interest in creation uh, continued inside you? Or was this something that was pushed into the back of your memory as you concentrated on some of, uh, of the other more typical teenager issues? Despite the fact that I certainly had my fair share of wrestling with teenager issues, uh, I did actually continue pursuing uh, an interest in creation. I took at least three video production classes in high school, which ended up being probably the most valuable classes I'd ever taken because they taught me how to use video editing software. I think I, I learned Final Cut Pro on, on a Mac, which is not what I use now, but it's still, it functions very similarly. And it taught me how to use like layered compositions and how to move stuff around uh, a composition and add music and add special effects. And that's all you really need for like a baseline editing knowledge. Yeah, the, the basic principles of, of video making. Yeah, precisely. And yeah, that's, that's what I did. I took a few classes and we'd have projects where you have to put those skills to the test. And my teacher always was super encouraging of me. I think there's a few times where he's like, Patrick, you're the, you're the best in the class, which like, okay, probably shouldn't be con comparing students. But nonetheless, when you're that student... <laughs> It still felt like really cool. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. In high school, I was pretty into video production. What did you do for college? I attended the University of Madison, Wisconsin, and my degree was in microbiology. Was that your first decision? Were you in high school like, I'm going to go for microbiology? Or did you go through three, four different decision processes to get there? So here's what I did. Uh, initially, I was split between microbiology and biomechanical engineering. And so I decided to kind of keep my options open and take classes pertaining to both my freshman year. So I would take biology, but I also took calculus because you need calculus for engineering. And that was the only C I ever got in college. And I was super frustrated because I felt like I, I knew the math, but I would get like poor grades because I wouldn't show my work correctly. And I'd get the right answers. And they were like, no, minus 90% of the points. I'm like, man, I found the same limit. Come on now. But so that that really turned me off from from the engineering side of things. So I just decided, okay, we're we're just gonna go for for microbio. Biology makes sense to me. I mean it was still plenty difficult, particularly the the chemistry side of things. Organic chemistry throws threw me for a loop as it throws most biology majors. Did you enjoy it? Specifically like the microbiology classes and stuff related to like medical science and diseases. That was something I'd always found fascinating and found the, the subject material easy to focus on and, and fun to work with. So I really liked that. I think immunology was one of my favorite classes, despite being easily one of the most difficult that I ever took. Why did you find it so interesting? Uh, just how complicated the immune system is and how 
seeing how medicine interacts and how different diseases interact. Pretty eye-opening because you just think, oh, I have a disease and it makes me sick. That's all that a base understanding really entails. But the deeper you get, the more complicated it gets. And the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. And it's just, it, it kind of spirals out of control. So it's really fascinating to kind of just learn about it and begin to understand how things work and why your body responds to certain things certain ways and why some diseases are so dangerous, why some are so infectious. You know, having that knowledge of being able to apply that to current events is really cool. I mean, I'm certainly no <laughs> medical expert or anything, but it is nonetheless interesting to have that knowledge as new developments come out about modern diseases. Did your curiosity for creating YouTube as a kid died out as you entered college, or did you have any chance to experiment with that? Did you start any new channels? No, actually, there's three YouTube channels I started in college. As you can see, I tried this several times. The first one that I did was a YouTube channel centered around Magic the Gathering, the card game. Um, what it did was it, you, you remember the the animation thing that I talked about earlier with like the PowerPoint yep. drawings, uh, slideshow style. I, I was doing the same thing, but with Magic the Gathering, I would like take cards and like just draw them being being played and like, I don't know, kind of turning it into Yu-Gi-Oh where you play a card and it summons the monster and has like a big like actual visual of the thing. I use this to like try to visualize mechanics. So the videos were like, what is trample? What is first strike? What is um, renown? And 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 I would post that to the Magic the Gathering subreddit, which did not go over very well. <laughs> I think maybe at best I got like a hundred views. Which looking back, like getting a hundred views on like your first video, not bad at all. Like that's fine. Not not bad at all. How were the comments? Oh, mostly negative though. That's the thing. They were like, "You need more animations." <laughs> you, it, it didn't go well, and I, I think I made maybe four or five videos, and then just kind of dropped the idea because it wasn't doing anything. Uh, what were the other failed channel ideas? I made one that was like me trying to be Vsauce, where I just like do random topics and try to explain stuff. You know, your, your classic YouTube explainer video. Um, none of those were very good either, I don't think. Was this like on camera? Were you recording yourself? No, what I did is, you know, there's going to be a running theme here with the whole PowerPoint. Because, <laughs> <laughs> see, most people thought that they weren't very cool. I personally thought that they were great. I thought I was great at drawing, and I thought these looked really cute and really interesting and fun to watch. And so I was unabashedly just making little cartoons on there. And you can't even hardly call it animation. I mean, the frame rate was probably three per second at best. <laughs> but I liked it. And I thought it was really fun to, it was fun to draw. And also, I thought it was fun to watch. Uh, and so I would draw myself as like a character and just animate the character. And that's the basic idea. How did that go in terms of reception? Um, I think... This would be my first like claim to fame on YouTube was I made a response video to a video that Grade A Under A had posted. Uh, he, he made a video that was like, why animal names are stupid. Animal scientists are so stupid, man. Who looked at a whale and decided that it was a mammal and not a fish? Like, you don't need a brain to see this, right? It was all about like, essentially, he was just joking, though, like he wasn't really serious about it. But I kind of took it as him being serious and him basically doing a disservice to the biology community by ragging on 
some of the things that they did. But he would talk about like, oh, why is it super dumb that, you know, you call a whale, a whale is not considered a fish. Like, why is that? They still, they live in the water. And he was obviously just joking. I made a video like kind of explaining several different points and why understanding evolutionary biology and taxonomy are relevant. And I posted it to, I think it was either Great A Under A subreddit, or I think it was maybe in the comments on r slash videos to give you an indication of how quickly I made the video. Like literally probably within a few hours after he posted his video, I was like, oh, you're going to learn today, Great A Under A. <laughs> <laughs> made a video, recorded a script like really quick, one take, left all of the audio mistakes in it. <laughs> so it sounds terrible. But I posted the video and it actually like, it got, I think, 10,000 views. And he, Great Andre himself, left a comment uh, on the video saying like, hey, just so you know, like, I was just joking. It, this was a, the thing I was surprised about. He was like, by the way, you're actually like pretty good at making videos. You should make more videos, which was really nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> I was really surprised because his online persona is just kind of him being a jerk to everyone. And that's just kind of a joke. Like, that's fine. But I was really shocked that he would be so kind to someone who literally was essentially attacking him in the my video was like a takedown like a, a hit piece on his on his uh <laughs> his animal video and he's still decided yeah you know you're actually like you're not bad you should keep at this did you also took this one offline because this is a piece of history it's privatized i definitely <laughs> i'm sorry it's, it's it's not a good video i can send it to you later but i definitely would not put this on the internet <laughs> So why didn't you continue that channel after you got that that dopamine rush? Oh, yeah. So that's the thing is like I did. And that was the first video on the channel. And so I made a few more videos and quickly realized that no one cared about me. It was all just like, people were there for the drama and that and nothing else. <laughs> and so I was like really, really discouraged when I posted two other videos and all of them got like, I don't know, less than 100 views, I think. I was like, oh, so disheartening. And I, and I posted all of those, of course, to like r slash videos and whatnot, and none of them went anywhere. So after that, I just got back to the rest of my life. How did your interest in gaming evolve while you were in college? I think college is really where my um, attention to gaming, particularly competitive gaming, really kind of took off. Because when you're in college, you kind of have time to explore your interests. And um, there's a ton of different clubs you can join and so that's what i did i think one of the first things i did when i was exploring like the different organizations the campus like i think it's called the the org fair is where all the different organizations have little booths one of the ones that i gravitated towards was super smash brothers there was a smash club literally just like a couple of guys with a desk and a, a crt tv playing super smash bros melee and I was like, oh, like, I know this game. I like this game. I played the growing up. I want to play this one. So, so you joined? I did. It was kind of divided into two clubs because at the time there was people who played Melee and people who played Smash 4, which was the, the Wii U and Nintendo DS version. And that was the one that I was more familiar with. So sorry, Melee players. I was not any good at that game. <laughs> did you hunt for a job immediately after university? How, how did that go? Uh, I got a job relatively quickly after college, pretty short job search. I found a, a position working for a, a company that produces like meat food. They needed like a research assistant 
to work in their R&D department. And so I, I took that position. It was pretty basic work, like literally just taking measurements and conducting fairly base level scientific processes, you know, writing experiments and then tracking the results. Eventually I got promoted and actually had the title of food scientist. And uh, it was a really good job. I liked it a lot. I would go back to it. When during this process, did you start toying back with the idea of content creation? I did that fairly quickly after starting my job. So despite the fact that I just said that I liked it, and there was a lot of stuff I liked about it. One thing about my job, though, is that my boss was perhaps one of the most brilliant people I've ever studied under. Easily one of the most talented food scientists in the entire field of meat science. I think he's written a few books on on a few different subjects. Um, and so he was really knowledgeable and he really liked to talk. <laughs> and he was also like in his mid to late 60s. So he's very, very old fashioned, not particularly relatable to, you know, a young buck like me who 22 is just now getting into food science, which is wasn't even what I studied in college. I mean, it's, it's tangentially related to microbiology, but it's not super integral to the, the study. And so he was teaching me stuff all the time. And like, not going to lie, there was a lot of times where I would just kind of zone out, just kind of daydream. And just one of the ideas that I happened to daydream about, I guess, was what if I made a YouTube channel about competitive gaming, but instead of a game, it's, it's real life. What if I do that? I don't know if I still have the piece of paper, but I remember one time I literally just wrote down a few different episode ideas just to kind of see if I had enough to make an actual channel about. Were were there any other um, YouTube channels that you were watching at that time that sort of provided the basis of, ooh, what, did, did this sort of idea could work in this environment? I'd say at that point, I was very much like a super fan on YouTube of several different channels. Probably one of the things I would waste the most time doing at work was literally just watching videos. And so there was one channel in particular that kind of hit upon the same idea. And that was, there was a YouTuber by the name of Casually Explained. And he did a video, it was called like Evolution, the tier list. Starting at the bottom of the F tier, of course we have pandas. Really just an extremely weak PVE class. Has the highest DPS versus bamboo out of any animal, but... Is and I saw that and I'm like, that's genius. This came out when I was in college. I, I watched it in college and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's that's super funny. Uh, and then kind of just logged it away. And then a year later, I kind of revisited the idea and I was like, you know, like that was a super good video and he's not really doing anything else related to it now. He's casually explained, does a variety of different content and he's really great. He's a solid comedian, but that like... That one idea was never the core focus of his channel. But I saw that and I was like, that it definitely could be the core focus of somebody's channel. Uh, and I think there's a lot of things that could be done differently. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna rag on Casually Explains video, but it's it's more comedy focused than anything else. Whereas I was thinking, oh, like you could definitely take this idea and run with it, but steer it towards the education aspect. And instead of having like hand-drawn cartoons, you could use actual wildlife footage. And so I kind of went with that idea. And that's largely still what my channel does today. I say that I did nothing with the idea for a whole year after I saw Casually Explains the video. My initial plan to do, so I saw, I saw his video 
I wrote a script that was like a response to his video. Like it directly addressed his video point by point and discussed different organisms in the same like lingo that he had used. And then I guess I kind of just like decided not to post it. I decided I didn't even record the video. I kind of just like logged it away, got back to whatever I was doing, got back to doing schoolwork or something that just kind of fell by the wayside. And that I think that's why I had kind of had it so ready to go a year later was like, oh, now that I'm bored and have a ton of time on my hands, now I can revisit this idea. So that's why I had it was able to kind of hit the ground running. It was because I already had a script written and then I revisited the idea. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I don't make a response to a specific video. Maybe I just kind of do my own thing and have it be tangentially related. You mentioned Reddit. So is that where you got your your first uh, your first set of viewers? Did you made your first video and then just run and immediately post it on Reddit? Yeah, that's exactly it. So I my first video is called I, I think I think it's are all amphibians low tier and then like in brackets in all caps secret top tier because I was trying to be like extra clickbaity and and that's that's the youtube life right there right by this time i had no like channel logo no branding or anything i randomly came up with the name tier zoo just by taking tier list and zoology very simple yeah i recorded the video it doesn't have any special editing at all it's literally just all stock footage and poorly drawn graphics <laughs> i think it's like three minutes long terribly uh produced audio i sound like really really nervous so I have no idea how this gained any traction at all. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess the script was good enough that people thought it was entertaining. But like, if I'd stumbled upon this, I'd have been like, dude, <laughs> you need to improve on your editing and your recording skills before you come back to this. So, so what gave you the courage to post it already in the first place? I think it was probably just the fact that I didn't realize how bad it sounded. <laughs> <laughs> and how was that received by the outside subreddit? So the first video that I posted did like miraculously well, which was for a few reasons, it was really, really lucky. Uh, the first reason was that I discovered later on that r slash outside, it was moderated by like approved posts only. I don't know how you, what exactly the term is, but the moderator behind the subreddit is the bottleneck. Only stuff that he approves actually goes onto the subreddit's main feed. That's actually why when I posted my original thread, like, hey, would anyone be interested if I made a series like this? Why I got no views? Because it wasn't that no one saw it. It was that literally it wasn't even showing up to anybody. What happened with the first video then? So that's why I was so lucky is that I guess this moderator saw the video and decided to like promote that and put that on like number the number one spot on r slash outside. And so it got a huge amount of views for a channel with no subscribers. I think it was about about 40,000 in the first day. Wow. Far and away the most I'd ever seen on a YouTube video that I created. The Great A Under A video had only gotten 10,000 and that was already like magnitudes higher than my average view count. Like I'm used to getting 100 or so. And so to get 40,000 on the first day was really really good. Um but re what really made me want to continue with the series was reading the comments because in all the previous videos that I posted, the majority of the comments were not people engaging with the content of the video, but rather people offering advice to me on how to improve. Basically people saying, oh, like you need to get a better microphone so you don't sound so bad. 
uh, you should focus on better editing, better resolution on your video or whatever, better animations. But this time, like the first comment that I read was someone essentially like disagreeing with the focus of the video and kind of playing along with the conceit of like life being a game. Let me, let me, let me find this comment for you. You still have it. I do. I have the, the thread saved because it's just, it's, it's good to look back on it every so often. Okay. It's got 3,900 upvotes on r slash outside. And here, here's the top comment on it. This is a fun video, but, and then, so I read, but, and what I assumed was coming next was like, here's how you can improve. Here's the technical issues that, and mistakes you made. But that's not what he says. Okay, this is a fun video, but I don't see why you'd ever want to cripple yourself out of the gate like this. Really, the build seems like a jack of all trades, master of none. Can't do damage sufficient enough for low-level skirmishes and moderate armor to seem to make it susceptible to builds that fully specialize. And so he's like fully engaged with the idea of the video and the kind of the lore of the universe that I'm building, basically. So rather than just kind of like picking on nitpicking the video. And that was like super encouraging to me because I was like, oh, I, I finally made a video that like passed, basically. It's not people sitting here telling me why the video sucks. It's people literally just actually engaging with the content. And so from that point on, I was hooked on the idea of turning into something bigger. Several of the other comments on, on the Reddit thread and the video itself are very encouraging as well, saying like, you should make more of these videos. It's a really fun idea. Keep it up. Yeah, it was it was just really, really encouraging. I think you used the term like dopamine dopamine rush earlier. Like, no kidding. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> so what what followed up? From that point on, were you fantasizing during your job about what else you could write for this? Like how how was your relationship to this project that had just bloomed out of nowhere with your life as it existed at that moment? Yeah, that's that's easily exactly right in, in that <laughs> pretty much for the next several months my heart res wasn't really at my job it was really okay how can i grow my youtube channel and so i followed up my first video with a uh, a second video titled i think it's best build at the watering hole and it was like a comparison between the hippopotamus and the crocodile and despite the fact that i spent a fair bit of time talking about how bad my first video was. I actually think this is my worst video because it was really, really rushed because I kind of just wanted to keep it going. I wanted to see if people were sticking around and see whether or not I could really keep an audience. And so I don't think the script for this video was near as interesting. Like the, the first video I made, despite the fact that I was really nervous while recording it, I think I still made some good points in the video and, and it was like fairly educational. The second video I made, I don't think I've just had that interesting of a script. And I, that reflected in the comments. People were kind of like, uh, you know, this one wasn't as good as the first one, but I still really like the idea. You should keep going with this channel and, you know, keep making videos. And so I was like, oh, okay, like, let's, let's come back. Let's not make a video within two days. Let's take a week and make another full good video. And so the next video I made was optimizing the snake build, which is one of the videos I, that I'm the most proud of personally. But getting back to the, the hippo versus crocodile video, that was the first video that incorporated like the video game sound effects and visuals into, into the actual video. Because the first video that I made 
it had like the video game lingo in the script, but nothing visually on screen aside from a few like charts that were meant to parody like a skill tree. There weren't any actual clips of like animals fighting each other with like video game effects edited onto it, which I think is kind of the hallmark of my channel is like the memes with animals in combat to like RuneScape effects or Smash Bros effects, that kind of thing. So that started clicking on like a second video then? Yeah, that came to life in the in the second video. While most of the comments uh, were, you know, mixed in terms of review, the one thing that they really, really liked were the RuneScape hit splats, uh, like superimposed over animals that were injured or being attacked and things like that. And so I was really proud of that idea and decided to use that in literally every other video I've ever made. <laughs> when did you start considering that it could become your job? Not just considering that you wanted it, but they were looking at it and thinking, oh shit, this, this is quickly getting to that point. This was three months after I had posted my first video. Uh, I uploaded a video called The Cat Tier List, and it got a good amount of views from r slash videos, not r slash outside, but the main video subreddit on Reddit. I think it reached maybe like number 10 on r slash videos. So it was on the front page of that subreddit, which equated to, I think, at its peak, getting maybe 10,000 views an hour, way more than I'd ever seen before. And I think by the time it had kind of made its rounds on there and started to drop off, it had a little over 150,000 views total, which I was super psyched about. That was at least three times what my previous best was. But then about a week later after that, the video started getting even more views. And these were organic uh, views from within YouTube. YouTube itself was promoting my video, throwing it in people's recommended feeds, throwing it on their front pages. Uh, and so from there, it, my video went from 150,000 views to maybe half a million and kept going after that more slowly, but it had a, a long tail on it. Whereas normally before I'd, you know, had your 15 minutes of fame and then nothing. Now it was like, okay, I've got a lot of views and I'm continuously getting at least like a good background level of views. Like my video is never just going to get no views in a day or something. So yeah, at that point, like that video, I don't know if I had the YouTube partner program at that point yet, but my channel went from, at the time it was maybe 10,000 subscribers and, but it went up to about 150,000. I mean, at that point, like I had about as many subscribers as like several of the channels that I had followed and were like a huge fan of. I was like, oh, this is probably your career. So it could be my career too. So at what point did you actually took a plunge and said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go and try doing this as a job. Where, where, how was the process to get into that decision? So after my first video went went viral on YouTube, the cat tier list, I was really, really worried that that was like my peak and that I would never reach anything else that uh, successful again. And so despite the fact that at that point, I probably could have quit my job and subsisted on just the ad revenue, uh, it probably would have paid me about as much as what I was making at 
my job. Um, but I didn't quit at that point. I decided to wait and wait and wait because at that point, like I'd been able to do both without issue. So I just kept at it. It was about six months later where I finally negotiated my first sponsorship deal, which like by itself paid what an entire month of work would have paid at my job. So I was like, okay, at this point, like I probably would be wasting my time to not put all of my effort into this project. Uh, I also had multiple sponsorship deals signed at once. So I got, I got the first one, but it was also kind of a contract that had several other deals over the next few months. So I knew that if I quit my job at that point, I wouldn't, like, even if my channel died <laughs> at that exact moment, like I still had that money booked as long as I made the video, <laughs> no matter what. And so at that point I was like, okay, I put in my two weeks notice, wrote my boss a letter saying like, hey, it's been really great here. I like it a lot. Nothing personal. I'm going to have to leave uh, because I've got another thing going on. They took it super well. They were like really encouraging. They were like, hey, we're going to let's let's have you come visit the corporate office and we'll all say goodbye and then wish you the best, which was great. They were all very kind. Did, did no one was a little bit uh, freaked out at the idea that you were living to do YouTube? One of well, OK, my my boss kind of made fun of me initially, like the way he would describe it to my coworkers when they would ask like, hey, boss, like uh, I heard. Patrick's quitting. And, and he would be like, oh yeah, he thinks he's going to be the next, the next Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, not exactly, but I see what you mean. And he was like a super old time guy. Didn't even have like internet in his house. Like that old timey. How do you feel your life has changed now that you have been a successful full-time creator for some time? Where to begin? I don't know. In some ways, it hasn't changed much at all, which is good because I wouldn't want to become a totally different person, of course. My day-to-day -day life, aside from not having to drive to work, hasn't changed all that much. I haven't bought a sports car or anything. <laughs> still, still mostly saving the money. Although I did finally move to a nicer place that has better internet. Because <laughs> my previous place, I was definitely like, I had to pray to the charter spectrum internet gods to make sure that my video would go online. But anyways, I I don't know. I I travel a lot more mostly to things like VidCon and other creator focused events, which has been really cool. Like I I'd, I had never been to London prior to doing YouTube, but I got to go to that for VidCon London. That was really cool. As I'm sure you remember because you showed me around the city. <laughs> that was a good day. Yeah. You're a good tour guide. As for what else has changed, just the I guess, financial stability that having a good chunk of change saved up offers is nice. I mean, especially given the state of the world right now, I have no idea if I'd still have a job back as a food scientist. I bet I'd probably have a job, but probably have been at least intermittently furloughed. Um, so the fact that I'm able to work from home all the time, the fact that I was already working from home, really, I would say a really big blessing. Let's talk a little bit about the future. How how do you see what what's heading for you in the next year? I'm not going to say two years because who the heck knows what's <laughs> that's so so far away that, that that it's even impossible to think at this point. But in your mind, how does your next year look like? I think what's really going to be like the make or break point for Tier Zoo is whether or not I can develop a sustainable way 
to generate my own video footage. So right now, my videos are entirely based on stock footage that I get from things like Pond5 and Shutterstock, and also from documentaries that CuriosityStream, my main sponsor, allows me to use since I'm promoting them. I, I'll eventually just run out of those, you know? <laughs> there's not infinite videos of animals doing things, and there's certainly even less videos that are actually interesting enough to base a video around. Um, and so my plan is that I, I need to start shooting my own footage or hiring people to shoot footage for me um, and be and develop like a few spin-off ideas that will be sustainable that won't be like a one and done thing because like right now if I make a tier list I can't make a tier list the next week covering the same creatures like I'm not gonna make another frog tier list not now and perhaps not ever again never know you know if they discover new frogs and get new videos Currently, I would say that that entire subject has kind of been put to bed, which if that happens to enough subjects, I'll have kind of written myself into a corner and won't have anything else to do. So developing side projects and developing other uh, ideas that people will actually watch uh, is going to be the main uh, focus of what I spend my time brainstorming <laughs> for the next year. And I have a few ideas, and some of them I've kind of already put on YouTube and put on Nebula, which Nebula has been great because it's been a place to put experimental content. I think that's my path forward, and that's what I'm spending a lot of my effort uh, trying to plan. And as a, as a closing thought, um, what will you say to anyone that has listened that maybe listened to this right now that has followed your videos and that might be thinking their own i creative ideas just as casually explained inspired you that time what what message would you have for them yeah i guess i would say fail several times fail as much as you can because <laughs> that's what worked for me is like all of these attempts at building a youtube channel uh even though they didn't work out initially uh, they taught me like exactly what I needed to know. They, they taught me what viewers look for. They taught me how to navigate the YouTube interface, how to upload videos, how to even how to like render videos. When I was first starting out, like even if I made a good video that was in high resolution, I would render it the wrong way and have it turn out terrible. <laughs> Keep putting stuff out there. Um, don't be afraid to start over though, is, is another thing I would say. Definitely glad I didn't keep making like magic the gathering videos like start new channels come up with an idea that you think can work uh what i did when i started tearzu is i wrote down several ideas so that i knew i had at least like five or six ideas to make a video on because i didn't want to just make one video and then have nowhere to go so yeah i get to sum it up i would say just keep trying <laughs> now it sounds like kind of cliche but like the act of failing to develop a YouTube channel is hugely beneficial to your progress towards launching a channel that actually catches people's attention. Thank you to Patrick for sharing his story. You can keep up with his future endeavors over at Theer Sue in YouTube. This is Genesis. Thank you for listening.